0: You're listening to Femfluence Radio, created for women desiring more influence and affluence and are looking for other women who want the same. I'm your host, Jennifer Kent, but you can call me Jen. I'm a serial entrepreneur and founder who's built four multi multi-million-dollar companies. I'm also a mom to three amazing humans and a wifey to the self-proclaimed slay at home dad. Whoa, <laughs> that makes me tired just saying out loud. On this show, we'll have the real BS-free conversations that every woman wants to have, but no one's talking about with the honesty we deserve. We'll chat on the intersection of too-muchness and not-enoughness, what aligned success looks and feels like, and what it takes to dismantle old systems, beliefs, and thinking that get in the way of what we really want. If you're an ambitious woman... Looking for a collective that will support you as you grow into the next level leader you and everyone else knows, likes, and trusts? Then stick around, because you're already home and amongst friends. Now, let's go build longer tables together. In this episode, I'm talking about connection. The friendship, the trust, and the vulnerability without the pink slime that we women need to thrive. Now, our mission in FemFluence Nation is to build longer tables. And those tables are for us and the women who we're looking for, who we call the others. We want to shift the idea of the others to the many. And part of what we're here to shift is the minority thinking and the minority being and the minority people and move us into what the status quo looks like. Now, I talked about Pink Slime in a former episode and pink slime is the enemy of influence, but we have a cure and it's called connection. I love this quote from Betty Shillette. She says, women wear bras. So why aren't we more supportive toward each other? There is a huge case for connection because when we connect, there are two things that happen. One is the halo effect which means when we grow together, we amplify our results. When we connect to other women who are doing big things in the world instead of reject them, that halo effect not just increases our equity, but the efforts that we put into the impact we wanna create in a bigger way. The second thing is the butterfly effect, which means that transformation in ourselves happens quicker and therefore the world benefits. And it happens quicker when we connect with other women in a bigger way. And when we connect and have one step ahead, we bring up another woman to gain affluence and influence with us. Basically, there's pie for everyone. Now, one of the things that I say all the time is I am always searching for relationships. And that's real relationships over reel relationships meaning, you know, that highlight reel that is so pervasive, especially in social media and on the internet, and finding the ones that are really authentic can be confusing in this world of oversharing and comparitis and wondering, do I really fit in? What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to share? And is that person for real? Now, before we jump into how to create more meaningful connection between us and other women, let's discuss the facts, as I always like to start with. First of all, loneliness is an epidemic, especially for women who identify as ambitious. I read this startling statistic recently that said lack of close, authentic relationships is as unhealthy as being a smoker. (laughs) That's scary, right? Add that to sitting all day behind a desk. And as an ambitious woman, I was like, damn, I'm in trouble. So I need to figure this out. Even for those of you who feel as if you have great relationships in your life, you may find some things in this episode that surprise you and how you can help other women, including me, become stronger in the connection department. For many years, I had an issue with women because I felt women didn't support me. I thought I was alone in that until I figured out that women don't often support other women in general. And if you say otherwise, I am delighted you have women on your side. But for me, I can just speak from my story that it wasn't until I was in my mid-30s that I finally figured out how to make really good women friends. But let's be honest, they are few and far between if you're an ambitious woman like I am. Because when you're on your way to becoming a very successful woman, not many other women in the room cheer for your advancement. So that whole saying, it's lonely at the top, it's true. It's lonely at the top for women. Why? Because it's hard for a successful woman to find other women who are equally confident in their abilities and can relate to our problems. I want to talk about how to grow my company, how to build successful teams, and how to be a really amazing leader inside of our companies. But we're also wanting to do that while juggling the internal and external expectations for ourselves. Ambitious women like us who tend to be highly energetic, organized individuals managing complex family logistics, along with demanding careers in either our own companies or working as a leader in another, tend to deal with this. In the last episode on intersectionality, and listen in on that one if you haven't had a chance because it supports this value of connection so much, I asked the open question, What does it take for us to connect in a way that isn't superficial or powered unconsciously or consciously by systems like the patriarchy? I learned something so eye-opening about this from one of my mentors that changed the entire way I look at connection, especially as an introverted yet driven leader. So I'm going to share those three things with you. There are three main things that can get in the way of us connecting with other women in a deeper, meaningful way. The first is the relationship to need or neediness. Now, my relationship with being needed or needy was a problem. In fact, it's still something I'm working on daily. And I knew I had to find a way to have a healthy relationship with being needed or needy. Now, part of learning how to heal that piece of me that resented being needed found weakness in being needy is that as an ambitious woman, I learned very young how to rely on myself to survive. Now, let me be clear. This isn't a bad thing. This has had a huge contribution to my success because without that, I would not have had the drive that I do today to make such a big change in the world. But it's also created a polarizing, confusing relationship with how to create deep connected relationships. And I wonder if it might be part of the thing you're wondering. That saying that not everyone is meant to come with you on your ascension. Let's talk about that for a moment. This is easier said than done. I personally don't have one good friend from childhood or even into my 30s because every good or best friend I had felt like they didn't belong in my world. They resented that I sometimes was traveling when they had a barbecue and I couldn't go or felt uncomfortable if I was celebrating a win in my life or business, like buying a brand new car in cash or take my family for a three-week vacation in Europe. And I started to find myself not wanting to discuss my wins because it made them feel bad. Basically, to retain the pure relationships that meant so much to me, I had to play small. I couldn't really be myself. So then I tried to fix it. I started to communicate my sadness and fear of losing them. But something really scary happened. They got defensive and weird, even saying, I don't know why you're triggered, Jen. You're the one that changed. Hmm. I wonder if that's ever happened to you, friend. It makes me question more how to communicate my needs and have a healthy empathy to their neediness of me. And even though it hurt, I'm a better, more vulnerable and available friend and family member for it, for learning how to deal with need, which I'm gonna tell you how to deal with it later, but I just wanted to identify first that it's one of the things possibly getting in the way of a deeper connection with women. The second thing is what I call scar tissue. From bullying. The other part of creating friendships that are nourishing is bullying. It's getting in the way of those nourishing relationships. Now, all of us have either been bullied, the bully, or both at some time in our life. If this wasn't true, the movie and Broadway show Mean Girls wouldn't have such a raging success. And for a long time, the fear of rejection and asking other women to support me or for me to be part of a group brought up a painful heat from the scar tissue in my soul. So I avoided connection with other women because it brought up the old memories of being taunted, beat up, and rejected when I was a young girl growing up in that small town where nobody understood the weird little old me. Now, the third thing that I think is really, really rampant when it comes to getting in the way of connection between women is unhealthy competition. So this third thing is the colossal mindfuck called competition. Being competitive with yourself is healthy. Admiring someone's success and modeling your actions is healthy too. But calling yourself in competition with others, especially women, is a cancer that divides us all. I teach in my company, Master Brand Institute, that there's no such thing as competition. Now, don't confuse that with me saying there aren't others doing the same thing as you. Of course, there are others doing the same things you are. In fact, if there isn't anyone doing what you're doing, there's probably no market for it, so you're probably not selling that much. But if you want to get paid to be you, to grow a company or within the one you're working for, this has a lot to do with your mentors, your peer relationships, and your ability to tell your story. The generalization that men have more healthy relationship with competition is actually backed by a lot of research and science. It's why many women find men to mentor them, feel it's easier to be in a working relationship with men, are better friends with men. You get the picture. And you might be even one of those women who have said, I just feel like I do better when I work with or learn from men. But check this out. That's because it's both biological and systematic. So there's something in the biology of men versus women that makes that true. And it also is systematic. The things that we've learned, what society has taught us, that makes the case for connection a tough one in actual practice. I even had a dear friend tell me she hated the name Femfluence because it felt too weak and too feminine. Wow. That's why we need more Femfluence heroines. Women who don't just invite others to play, but celebrate their wins and make room at the table for them. That we can be feminists without hating men, and that the word feminine doesn't mean less than. We get to define femfluence our way, a path for something bigger than societal normatives and learned behavior. Every leader is fueled by something different. You are fueled by something different than even me. But together, our goal is to connect those diverse ideas with the financial influence required to make massive change. And if that's weak, (laughs) then you're probably listening to the wrong show. Now, now that I've gone over some of the things that are getting in the way of it, what are the ways that we can connect more as women? In the four areas of life that most of us are looking to align, wealth, health, relationships, and spirit or self, Relationships are the area that I have personally struggled in. And after a lot of help and getting serious about knowing it's important in my mental, spiritual, and physical health, as well as, frankly, good business, I started to just get obsessed with how to be better at this area. I've been in women's masterminds, women's clubs, spent time with other women on retreats, and all of those things have created some of my closest relationships. But here are some of the ways that you can create long lasting, life giving friendships and you deserve those. I personally do better being friends that have not just aligned, not the same, note that, but aligned values, but are also in business too, because during the low and high points, you need people who get it when you're in business. Now, my goal in finding women to connect with is this. It's pretty simple. Find people you can lose time with, that you're not counting the minutes, that you're not counting the coins that you're losing, that you're not being depleted of energy when you're with them. Find your people you can lose time with. And here are four ways that you can look at connecting and upping that FemFluence factor that makes the relationships matter in your life. So the first is what I call networthing. Notice I didn't say networking, but there is work. And you want to put that into your net worth. Instead of seeing networking as a chore, see it as a non-negotiable way to up your connection factor and find the groups and the places and the relationships that are worth investing in. That's why it's called net worth, because it's not just your net worth. It's whose net worth are you want to invest your precious resources, time, energy, and yes, even money into spending time with and getting to know better. Number two, make relationship building a personal and professional goal. If you're an ambitious woman like me, I put goals around pretty much everything. And when I say goals, I have a very specific way that I do that, which I'll talk about in a future episode. But I do, you know, put targets out there. And for a long time, very, very long time, relationship building certainly was not a personal goal of mine. I just thought, sure, you make friends. Sure, you're supposed to be polite and kind to people. But I never took it as something that had meaning to the degree that I do now. So it's actually one of the key performance measurements inside of my personal and professional goals because I wanted to get better at it. And when you want to get good at something, you want to get specific and you you want to get timely with it. The third thing is to amplify other women. And when I say that, I mean it. Amplify other women a lot and with intention. Now, this doesn't just mean you share another woman stuff or things with everyone. You do it because they align with your values and you know they've got things that people need. Now, I need to put a caveat in this. This is so important. How do you have discernment? around pink slime, first of all. So, you know, when I say share other women generously, you want to ask yourself, are you feeling the pink slime? Are you feeling like, "Mm, I don't know if I should share this. First, check into that feeling. Is it really pink slime or is it discernment? Is it something that you're feeling like, hmm, this isn't sitting well with me? Or is this really in alignment with my values? Because here's the thing. You can't jump on every bandwagon because that's also harmful to the, your audience, to the people that you care about too. So you have to you know, decide that you're sharing it because you know it really will be helpful. Because if you just share everything, that also means you don't care. That means you're just being a robot and t- doing what I tell you to do on this podcast, which is definitely not what I want you to do either. Another example is, do you always believe women? Now that's controversial, right? My default is I believe women always. That's my default. Society has shown that we actually don't believe women. However, you get to decide how to have the conversation, to have a thoughtful conversation about it, to think about it, to look at the facts, and also to lead with your intuition. Because sometimes women have done harm to other women, absolutely. Women have done harm to men, absolutely. But my default is I believe women, but I think about it. I look at what it's, what's going on. I care enough, and I want to invite you to do the same because that caveat is so important. Just don't share blindly, share with intention. Okay. And then the fourth thing that you can do is find your squad and tap into them. When you ask yourself, who would be your go-to group of girls? If you had an emergency, you needed honest advice or wanted a key business introduction. When it comes to building relationships, you often get what you give I began building my squad, people I could bounce ideas off, go to for advice, pick me up when I needed a boost. And today, my squad is so important for my career and my mental well-being. Not only do we support each other, but we act as connectors to people and opportunities. And whenever one of us comes across a great opportunity, we immediately send it to each other. It's amazing to be part of a group of women who want you to be your very best and actively help you to succeed because... We are better together. There are three women in my life. We actually call ourselves the S-quad because there's four of us, so it's squad, right? Nikki, Nicole, and Jada, who are my three closest friends, confidants, and women I feel 100% have my back. That wasn't easy for me because as you've heard up to this point, this is an area I didn't feel good at before. And keeping these relationships just like the ones with your other half or your kids if you have them are work. They are goals for me to stay in it and to stay committed to it. And for them to work, you have to put in the work. So we've done a few things together that I'd like to share with you that have really helped us stay in connection. And all four of us are extremely busy. All four of us are mothers. All four of us are running companies. All four of us are married. And so we have those things as common denominators in common. However, as life goes on, it can get very busy. So to stay committed in our squad, here are some things that we do. Number one, everything goes on our calendar, including this, not just, you know, work and the rest of our family, but friendship time goes on our calendar. And that creates non-negotiable changes um, to spend the time to connect. We also do girl trips, and so one's coming up, actually, and we're super excited. We'll be going to Sedona, and we go every quarter, and that's a big commitment because it's not just time, it's money and it's energy away from the world, including our families, and we knew that we had to make that a priority no matter what. We use a Voxer channel. If you don't use Voxer, it's an app that's kind of like a walkie-talkie, and you can you know, create these groups where you can just shoot the shit, you know, on that thread going on with your daily life. And we have a a rule, basically. We are allowed to put anything in that thread and it's locked up with a key. It's between us. And the other thing is we're not required to respond immediately, knowing that we're we're running very busy lives. And that's an understanding. So there's no misunderstandings. Things like Laura Casey's Fruitful Friendship Journal. I actually picked those up. I love Laura Casey's work. She runs a company called Cultivate What Matters, and she has this little journal called Fruitful Friendship. I bought it for myself first because I wanted to get good at this. And then I said, oh, this is such a great little gift to give to friends that I want to cultivate a deeper relationship with. And so I bought one for the three of them on one of our girl trips, and Even though I know, I'm going to be really honest, I don't think we're all filling them out. We're using it maybe as a guide, like one or two notions from the journal to just be a better friend, to be somebody who can really support another woman generously and because we truly love and care for them. Another way is to support each other, even though we compete for wallet share. So what I mean by that is actually some of the most potent partnerships come from people who do similar things. In fact, in my squad, we have very similar things going on, but we all have our area of competency. And as much as we can, we share each other's stages. We have them speak on our stages. I have not just my squad, but other really great friends that I invite to do that. We share each other's podcast episodes, book launches, babies, and new business showers. Those are ways that you can celebrate your friends. You know, a lot of times I read this somewhere where You know, it's whenever you have a baby or you get a new job or a promotion, you get a big celebration. But women who start companies don't get that same type of celebration. So if you have a friend who is going for it, celebrate her because entrepreneurship is one of the most challenging yet lucrative ways for you to own your own economy. And I'm teaching that here on this podcast as well. So you can listen in, but celebrate them. Also, I'm doing something called Femfluence Founders Dinners. And that's where I'm bringing together women who have either started or are starting companies, are serious about it, and want to connect with other women. And, you know, I'm moving from CEO to investor. And what that means is I'm investing in a lot of women run companies because I believe, again, in investing in women's ideas. And so FemFluence Founders Dinners are a way for me to bring women together. Now, I have other deeply connected friends in my life too, besides my squad. And I schedule time to follow up with and connect through small gestures with all of them. Now, I'm still learning though. It's not as easy as calendaring for me. It's remembering that I need it and desire it. Because remember that relationship to need that I continuously am working on that conflicts with me staying in relationship. And so that's why I have to constantly look at it and take responsibility for it. So right now, before we wrap up, I want to do a little worksheet time with you. If you want to create more connection, go ahead and use that worksheet created in conjunction with this episode to help you map it out. So the first question on the worksheet is, who are some of the women you'd like to create more connection with? List three to five of them and an action step you'll take to not just get in contact, but stay in connection with them. The second question is, what are three to five areas that you know you need more support in? And that can be life or business. And where are places you can find that support? And number three, celebrate three to five women you admire and know people in your network need without expectation or reward. So do that now and do it today. Another cool way to support another ambitious woman is to share this here podcast with women you want to connect with. I even have some women creating listening clubs and discussing each episode with each other so they can make time to connect and invest in their leadership using this show. And that means so much to me because that's what I want. I want us to find a way to integrate versus separate ourselves. Speaking of ambition... That's the next conversation we're having in the next episode, where we'll be discussing the unapologetic pursuit of success and why we need you. And I'll also tell you about a time when I got pink slime from someone I really, really cared about for being good at something they were afraid of. That's next time. For now, go tell another woman what a badass she is and why you appreciate her. Thanks for listening to Femfluence Radio. If you resonated with this episode, please leave us a review and let other women know about it. Remember, we're building longer tables here. Follow us on Instagram at FemFluence underscore official to stay in the conversation and also visit FemFluence.com to sign up and receive things I only give to our listeners and friends. I look forward to our next chat.